0: Come on, guys, I said say hello. I mean, you're having a full conversation. (laughs) Oh, no, this is great. It's so good to have you here today. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Last weekend, I wasn't here. Uh, Lori and I got away. It was our 23rd anniversary. And that's right, that's right. Clap for her, not me. I mean, it's been great for me. Jeez, oh, man, got to pray for her. But no, we had we had such a we had such a great time, and, and on our way back, uh, we we had we had a you know, decent amount of drive ahead of us, and so as we were coming back, we spent some time just kind of reflecting over the last 23 years, and 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 thanking God for what He's done. And I, I look back: has our marriage been perfect? No. Um, has has everything gone exactly the the way that I would have written the story? No. Has God been faithful? Yes. And, and so it was good to go back to think through some of those things. And, and then we, uh, we, we just, we talked about the next 23 years. Should Jesus tarry? We both hang around here. You know, what do what, what the next 23 years look like? We talked about, you know, just coming back to, to what really matters. You, you know, because I think this, this whole thing of realignment, realignment's a very good thing. Because it's easy to drift. It's easy to, uh, f- for us, in fact, there's a buzzword that's a little more recent, but they talk about mission drift. It's easy for us to, to get off mission and, and, and to drift away from what we, what we set out to do or what we should be about. And my message this morning actually has to do a little bit about this. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right up front. I know that we've been in the series. This is supposed to be the last message of the Meals with Jesus series, but but my my message today isn't going to necessarily be about a meal. And part of that is this rarely happens, and, and when it does, I normally don't acknowledge it, but I did I, I want to acknowledge it for a reason. Yesterday, God uniquely took me a totally different direction. And um, I wasn't planning on going the direction we're gonna go this morning, but I felt so strongly that we as a church need to hear this. You see, I have a dream. Somebody else started a speech one time with that. Uh, How'd they go? Now, I I have a dream. I have a dream that what God has ordained long before any of us showed up I have a dream that it would be lived out here in the time, the season in which we live. I have a dream that the church would be the church I have a dream that that the church, that Jesus is just the craziest thing, that that he left the work, that he came when he ascended to heaven, he put it in the the hands of of the guys, and and then it's been passed on from, from person to person, literally it's been passed on to us. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the church. You didn't walk in a church, you are the church. And, and I have a dream that the church would be the church, a church that's on mission, the church that understands that, that we have a purpose, the, a, a church, that the church would understand that, that we were created on purpose with a purpose for a purpose. And I have a dream that the church would live out that purpose. I have a dream that the church would be more than just another organization that exists in our community. An organization that people have to support, an organization that people have to prop up, an organization that, that exists, uh, you know, for, for the constituency, if you will. I, I'd, I'd love it if the church was more than personal preferences, if the church was more than... than you know, just about, hey, let's, let's, let's do things a certain way. Let's have a brand. Let's have this. No, what if the church could be the church that God has called us to be? What if, what if our community was able to be impacted by a church that embraced its calling? Anybody hear this, this little song growing up? This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. What if? What if? What if? You see, Jesus in in Matthew chapter 5 is, he's having a discussion with his disciples the crowds have gathered and and I think a lot of times when we read when we read uh, Matthew chapter 5 through 7 it's called the Sermon on the Mount that, that that we initially think that he's he's teaching all of these great crowds but if you look at the very beginning of, of Matthew 5 it's saying that that he's teaching his disciples it says that when he sat down his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them he taught his disciples not just not just crowds who were curious, he was teaching his disciples. And he started off by, by saying blessed are you or, or happy are you or joyful are you when, and he, he uses all these examples and analogies that, that honestly, like you wouldn't always associate them with, with joy other than when you understand that there's more to the story, of, for example, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness but you're happy because on the other side is they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who mourn. Are you kidding me? No, because they should be comforted. What he's doing is he's he's saying there is a blessing. In the season, we don't see the blessing, but on the other side of the season, there's a blessing that is coming. And it's it's actually a really great thing, and and it's interesting because the last few words before the the reading that we're going to focus on this morning, the verses 13 through 16 that we're going to focus on this morning, he says this in verse, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. You might not see it here. I threw that in there. That's not. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so persecuted the, they, the prophets, who were before you. And he, he, in that context, in that vein, goes into this when he says, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Now, I want us to pause, and, and there, there are four things that, that have everything to do with, man, this, this dream, this, this passion that I have. There are four things that Jesus acknowledges, things that, that we need to at least write down and, and think about and, and process when, when we begin to examine what the intention is, what our purpose is. Why has God called us the church to be here for such a time as this. The first thing is this, there is a, there is a, what I would call the, the, the problem, and the problem is this. It's just the, the reality of, of what we're faced with. The world is decaying and dark. And like, I, like if, you've, if you've read the news, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time breaking down, listen, have, have we made progress and evolved in many different areas? Absolutely, we have. But we have not evolved when it comes to dealing with this issue called sin. We, we are not evolving necessarily morally. Have there been seasons and revivals that have taken place? Absolutely. And we'll be talking a little bit about the importance of that even this morning. But the reality is we live in a world, and, and I, w- I want to say this, we, uh, until Jesus comes back, this is a truth. It's been true Always, since, since the fall, since the beginning of time to the end of time, there's this truth. The world is decaying and dark. That can be inferred by, by what we're reading here. But there, there, is, there is something that, that we see here. There's a plan that, that Jesus has laid out. And it's interesting because every time when, when he says, you are the salt, you are the light, those, those words, even as he uses them in, in the original Greek, those, those words, it's plural, it's not singular. It's you collectively. You collectively are light. You collectively are salt. Because what we've done, and, and I say this, I've been part of this too, we focus on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Very important, don't get me wrong. But that's not the end of the story. Because any time, man, as we've taken this next step, as God in his grace has called us to his son, Jesus Christ, as, as there has been this incredible work that God has done in us, as we have believed in Christ's work, not our work for salvation, We we believe that what he did on the cross matters for us, and we have been, by grace, been transformed, been saved. What took place is is whether we knew it or not, yes, there's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but we became part of something called the church. The church, and and he's writing. Right here, we have this this picture of the church. This This is who we are. This is what we are to be about. If you're following, if if you if you have a picked up a message guide on on your way in, you know there at the top. I I, or maybe you're following on your app. uh, You you know, you you saw there at the point that that I wrote down three questions, three questions. I've been I've been thinking about these questions. uh, You know, for instance, like if if grace ceased to exist, would our would our community even know the difference? If, if, if Grace Bible Church packed it in and, and this was our last service, would, would there be anyone outside those who attend our services that, that notice? I begin to ask myself the question, what visible impact can we make on our, our city now? I went to bed Friday. I'm, I'm tell you, Friday at the gym, I'm working out, and I, 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 had my, uh, I have the iPhone, uh, I mean the iWatch on because, you know, I get my steps in. I feel good about getting my steps in, like, you know, and when you're working out, you know, I'm getting myself, doing a little cardio, and I, I had the little notification that pops up that, that talked about the Supreme Court decision which is unbelievable. But you gotta understand, I was born in 1976. There's not been a day of my existence that Roe versus Wade wasn't in effect. And so when, I've been in prayer meetings when we prayed about this, but there have been times my faith is weak. Can I tell you, man, we just saw God answer some prayers on Friday. God answered some prayers on Friday. That's exactly right. And by the way just so you know this isn't a political or a cultural issue this is a life issue This is a life issue I am I'm pro life and by the way there, there are two sides to that coin. Uh, man, there's the there's, there's one side where we want to stop abortion. There's another side that we do something about. Uh, a, a baby comes into church, we have a responsibility. But, you know, I'm, I'm rejoicing. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm pumped up about that. I, I go to bed. And, and, and man, I, as, as I'm laying there, man, just all these thoughts running through, through my head. Why, what, you know, what next? Where what, God, yeah, this is great. But what, what do you have for us? Why are we here? These questions I'm thinking about. And then I come down to that question, you know, why does the church even exist? And man, I woke up that Saturday morning, and and, and I'm, I'm like, man, we were called to be salt. We're called to be light, and and so we have this problem. The world is decaying and dark. But then we've got this plan, and that is to to change the world from the inside out. And 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 it's weird because it's not like, hey, let's let's enforce let's let's enforce Christianity. Like they they tried that in the in the dark ages, right? You, you've, read, you've read about that? Dude, dude, you can't force, you can't legislate Christianity. We, we can, now listen, I'm all for morality. I think we advocate for, for, for moral stance. I believe that, that we, we should change. We should be about changing our community. But no, this is what I'm talking about. this dream it's 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 the church doing this from the inside out, not not handing off the responsibility to legislators, but saying as as the church, we have a responsibility to live as as salt and light and it's interesting because he uses these these words as salt and light, and you know there's there's a lot of different characteristics of salt. in fact, I brought this this over here with me. Um, anybody else have a salt problem? I've got a salt problem I don't know um, man i like. Lori gets on me about this because I get my food and I don't even taste it, I feel like this. Anybody else do that? Like, come on, be honest. Like, come on, okay. I know, you're my people, you're my people, right? I, I, I do this. Now, now, some of you, now I don't do it because, listen, Lori's an excellent cook. I think I'm addicted to salt. I probably am, I don't know. I'm just being honest. Um, but, but no, like, like some of you ladies, you've had, the, you've had your husbands cook and when they brought out the meal, hmm. You need to put a little salt on there. You know, salt, it does a number of different things. It does a number of, of different things. Did you know that, uh, that, especially as Jesus is telling us, salt, the Greeks thought that salt had divine properties, that it was spiritual, it's a va- it was a valuable commodity. The Greeks literally thought it was spiritual. Now, now the Romans—they—they—it was actually a means of currency. If you—if uh, you, as Rome was expanding its, its empire, um, Roman soldiers were paid with salt. That phrase, "You're not worth your salt." It comes from this. It comes from this time. They actually used it as as a currency. Salt was, was a sign of friendship. In fact, I, my understanding is uh, still to this day in some Middle Eastern cultures that when you uh, when you share salt with someone else, uh, it's it's a sign of friendship and it's a it's a, it's a it's a, it's a commitment to, to have their back. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, uh, biblically. Um, salt was was used in covenants. In fact, in, in, in uh, Second Chronicles, uh, there's reference made to a, a covenant of salt that God made with David. He made a covenant of salt with him. Like, what's what's that mean? Well, there, there's a variety of reasons. Because actually, in Leviticus, if you go all the way back to uh, the Old Testament, when it talks the the sacrifices that were offered, they would salt uh, they would salt the uh, the meat the meat sacrifices before they were offered. Actually, uh, I think it's Leviticus 16, if I remember correctly. Um, God, God gave him a command to salt even the grain offering. So I'm just telling. you, I'm in good company. God said, "Salt." Like I, I'm making an offering. Okay, so no. But but here's the thing. It was part of. It was part of of covenant. It was a. It was a commitment to to God that you would make. But. I don't, I don't think Jesus is, is talking about any of these things so much when, when, he's, talking about, when he's talking about salt here. I, I think he's talking about salt as a preservative. Now, listen, salt is flavor, good thing. I mean, any of you ever have grits? I hate grits. I'm going to tell you right. Like, it is like boiling gravel. I don't know why. <laughs> people are into that. And so the only way I can eat grits is you put some butter in there and you melt that butter and you salt, you just salt, put as much salt on that as, as possible. Now, listen, I'm all, I'm all for the flavor. I'm all for all the, 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 the cool things. But, but, but the salt, I, I believe, as Jesus is, is talking about this, is he's talking about, uh, it's, it's a preservative. This is an interesting concept. Think about this. Salt preserves Decay. Or it, or it slows down decay. So, for instance, you, you know, uh, I love beef jerky. The other day, I went to got some, got me some Tillamook uh, beef uh, jerky. The the salt and pepper, man, that's that is good. So I can eat that stuff like I I can't stop. It's just it's amazing. But they actually that that was what they would do. They would actually like when. Let me go back to the Romans again. When they were going on campaigns, they'd put their their meat in these big uh, barrels of brine and the salt, and or they they just they'd rub the salt in there, make it like jerky, and and that's that's just what what you did. It was a preservative to, to slow the decay. I want us to think about this. God has called us. God has called us to be the church. He has called us to be salt, a salt that flavors. A, a salt that slows down the decay. Now here's the deal. We know that until Jesus comes, we're not gonna slow down decay or the world is decaying. But here's the crazy thing. God has called the church to be the church and he's given us the opportunity to live out one of his characteristics. What does Paul write about God? He says that he is slow to, uh, he, he is slow to anger and he said we should understand that his patience that his, his kindness is meant not as as, a, as him approving of sin, not of him saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm okay with the way the world is. No, it's a means to repentance. And the church is actually part of this. We have a role to play. Until Jesus comes back, guess what, guys? We're it. We're, we're God's plan. We are we are the salt, Jesus says, the salt of the earth. We're here. He has called us to actually slow down the decay. What, what this means is that Christ's intention for the church is for us to be a preservative. A, a, a church that, that, that is... Is called out a church that is there. I have a, I have a dream of a church that doesn't blend in, but a church that stands out. A church that doesn't stand out because we're weird, but a church that stands out because we're markedly different. You see, I grew up in an environment, and I have I want to be very careful as I share what I'm going to share. And I have great appreciation for my roots. And, and I would not be who I am today without my roots. In fact, some of the most godly saints come from my roots. But, but I do think that what was inferred because of the way that I was, the, the church I was raised in, the, the, the denominations that, that, I, that I was around when I was a kid, was this inference that, that we, are, we are a called out people, but we are to have zero contact with the world whatsoever. That that we are that we are called out to be absolutely separate, that that don't let the world corrupt. Now, don't give me a, don't don't miss don't miss what I'm saying. Listen, I, I do believe that the world is corruptible. I believe the world can corrupt. In fact, I would say this part of our issue is that we have not stood out. We've allowed, instead of being an influencer, which is what God's calling us to be, he's calling us to influence. We have been influenced. We're, we're more worried today with being accepted than we are with being. Being on mission, and so the reality is 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 you got to understand that that man I have great respect, but but there was this this thought that. We just have to be different. We have to be different in the way we dress. We have to be different in, in, in music. We have to be different in this. And, and so it was, it, was, it was different, like a, a cultural difference, not necessarily a difference for the sake of being a holy people. But see, salt is, when, it, when we talk about the, the, the calling of the church to be a preservative, we have been called to be a holy people. But we cannot be holy or we cannot be salt when we're allowing ourselves to be corrupted. There, there is a worthlessness to this salt. There's a he 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 says he, he says uh, where, where is it? Let me go back to uh, how uh, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. There's a salt that can be used. There's a salt that can be used on on food, but then but then there's there's, there's there's, there's a time and with the saltiness, it doesn't. It, it has. It doesn't have the same properties that it did. And this this type of salt is only. To, it's only used to walk on and all this sort of thing. It's not making a difference of flavor. It's not influencing. It's not making this difference in a community. But I've thought about this because if, if salt is is intended to provide flavor, if salt is intended to uh, well, actually, there's a destructive quality. I mean, salt, you can salt a field and cause it to stop bearing grain. But there's also a healing part of salt. You know, I think it's Ezekiel 16 talks about when a child is born. In that case, it was saying, you forgot to do this, but, but uh, the children would be washed and then rubbed with salt to get rid of the wounds because it has a healing part. We, we have responsibility to this, but but to be a preservative listen, there's something here. I, I, I'm convinced that until Jesus takes his church out of the world, until, until the church uh, is, is with, with Christ, that, that we're called to check the corruption, that we're called to be an agent in making a difference here in our world. I believe that because the church exists, the, the community should know. I I, I I believe that, that a church's presence can impact crime. Do you know that? A church that is the church will change crime in a city. A church that is the church changes the moral temperature of a city. Not because we pass more laws. Listen, I'm all, I'm, again, I'm not against legislation, but, but, but because salt, there's this, it's, a, it's this internal character. This is who we are something's different i I read a story of uh, uh, a little while ago Wood, woodrow Wilson President Woodrow Wilson had gone to the uh, gone to barbershop to get his hair cut now, I I't been to barbershop for a while, but <laughs> they put the whole sheet on, put the the towel around, and as he's sitting there they're beginning to 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 cut his hair another person walks in and he said um, uh, immediately as uh, soon after the the guy sat in the chair and the same thing they put the towel on him put the put the sheet uh, you know the sheet on and they start cutting his hair he said something changed he said literally it changed the climate of the barbershop he said the guy began to talk to the barber like he really mattered he said it w- he did not waste a word he said when i when i got done with my haircut just, he said, I was quiet and listened to the other man. He said, I felt like I had, I had just left an evangelistic service. And Woodrow Wilson goes on to say, the man that was in the chair two chairs down from him was the great evangelist D.L. Moody. And he said, and here's what you need to know, D.L. Moody was not some college educated, like, cause like for us, when we think about being salt and light, it's like, yeah, Pastor Keith, you have a platform, you're salt and light. No, no it's, no, it's just, we're the church. He said the church. He didn't say the leader. He said, we the church. I'm part of the church just like you're part of the church. I just happen to be the mouth, you know? We're all, we're all in this. We're all in this. But, he said, he, but Woodrow Wilson said, after he left, he said, I intentionally stayed. And he said, I noticed the singular Impact that was left on the barbershop. He said people talked different. They didn't know his name, but they knew something had elevated their thoughts. And Wilson said, President Wilson said, I felt that I left that place as I should have left the place of worship. My admiration and esteem for Mr. Moody became very deep indeed. I had a unique thing happen recently. I was out to eat with, with someone. And three times, three times while I was out to eat with this individual, people walked up to us and said, are you, are you, are you Christians? That was the first time that that ever happened, so I don't think it was because of me. I believe that there's something... That happens. You see, salt is just, is just a person living this. It's it's salt is hidden. You don't always see this. It just melts away into whatever it flavors or preserves. It works secretly to preserve from the inside, but there's a there's a difference between salt and light. And and Jesus also references light. Light shines on the outside, light is open and working visibly. So if salt is the influence of, of Christian character, actually living in such a way that our words don't have to be used, light then is the clear and bold communication of the gospel. You're a city set on the hill that cannot be hid. Now, we, we don't always get that because we have light pollution. And so for, for most of us, you you see lights, you know, the sky is impacted. There, are, there aren't a lot of areas right close to us. Um, now, you can not find them in Idaho. You have to drive. But but right here in the treasure valley that, that, you know, there isn't light pollution. But I will, I will tell you this, when we're, uh, uh, years ago, when I was touring with a music group, we, when we'd be in the middle of the Nevada desert um, and we would be headed towards uh, Vegas, you would see the lights of Vegas, literally 60 to 70 miles, you, the sky would show impact of the lights of that city. Now, I'm not sure Jesus had Vegas in mind when he's using this illustration. But the reality is that uh, that light and darkness makes a difference. So, Lori and I, while we were uh, while we were away last week, we uh, we actually visited Mammoth Cave. I don't know if you've been to Mammoth Cave here in Idaho. You got to drive back about a I don't know about a mile and a half, a road. Get back there, and so this this is a cave that uh, that they discovered in early 1900s. It's still in the same family. The guy that that uh, bought it, the family still runs it. It's the weirdest. Uh, they have like the weirdest museum you'll ever see like weird but anyway that I don't know where I'm going with that but but before we left I had a little one of those little uh, LED flashlights. But I told Lori, I said, I, man, I want to I make sure that, because this is a self-guided tour, that I'm not falling into anything. Or like, I want to see the bat before it hits me. You know what I'm saying? And so I went out and, and bought one of these. These are really cool lights, the USB charge, and they're really bright. So I'm not going to shine anybody's lights. But you see, that is that's a bright light. Now here's the thing. It's it's bright in here. Like I'm I'm shining around. Like like you you can see the impact. We, this is a lit room, and you see the impact of light. But can I tell you that that in a cave, this was really bright. Like I mean, we had zero problems seeing. At least I didn't have a problem seeing where I was going. I mean I, I mean it it did a it did a great job of light lighting the thing up. You could not miss the light. Here's my thing. I think what Jesus is is saying here is. You are called to be salt and you're called to be light. You are called to be a light that cannot be missed. Like it's, it's unmistakable. Like it, you, you can't, you cannot miss the fact that there is a church that exists. You cannot miss the fact that there is something going on here. There is a city that is on a hill. Now we started by singing that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Remember that that other verse said, hide it under a bushel. Okay, you know the song. That's that's good. Literally light, the, the, this, this kind of light, as you lit a lamp, the only, the, the only way for that light not to be seen was one of two things, for the light to be extinguished, for the light to be covered. And, and I've, I've got this dream of a, of a, of a church that, that we're, we're not so caught up with being cool. A church that, that, that we're, we're, we're existing because we've been called, we are, we are a lighthouse. There, there's something that's unmistakable here. We're not called to be masons in a secret society. I wonder how many people driving by, uh, dri- driving by the church are like, huh, I wonder what that is. Because I'll guarantee you that, that a lot of people drive by here, there's no difference between this church, the LDS church, uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witness, or, or any other church. Like it's just, it's just equally irrelevant. Equally irrelevant. We're not masons. We're not pagans. You know, you, you gotta be enlightened to have these, these mysteries. You gotta have the, the passcode to come in the door. No, we're not a cult. We're, man, we're, we're intended to be a city set on a hill, and so so we see. I mean, we've got this problem. The world is decaying and dark, but there's this plan to change it from the inside out. It's 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 that we're to, to live a salt and light. But there is there is a danger, and and the danger is actually pretty simple. The danger is is failure to be who we're called to be, to settle for for being something else to being something other than we were intended, to, to, to lose the influence that, that we have, not because of who we are, but because of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. It's not that we should aspire to in light and salt. We are light and salt. We're either worthless salt or we're salty salt. We're either a light that is shining or we're a light that is covered. Like, like we, as children of God, we are salt and light. You cannot get away from that. Okay, it, it just comes back to, is, is our, is our salt, salty, is our light lighting up or is it worthless? And what we know is that, is that there are so many things that can distract us. And, and, and church, this is where I, I have this dream because we know that, 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 that what can, can cause the church to lose its influence is, is, us, is us living as something other than what it is that, that we are. You can't be called, you cannot walk in light and darkness at the same time. John talks about this in first chapter John. Like you can't, you can't do this. Like we can't call somebody to purity and our lives are filled with impurity. Now I'm not talking about perfection here. I'm talking about there, there, we are living in sin, but yet we, we say this and we're trying to hold on to two different things. You know what that's called? First of all, for the person that's living that life, it's called being miserable, Everybody else calls it hypocrisy. A church is irrelevant when we say one thing and we live a different thing. When we speak, God is love and we're jerks. When we we preach a message of hope and we live in fear. God's called us. Listen, he's called us to make a difference. But there is a danger. There is a, a, a failure to be who we're called to be. It's impossible for us to create thirst in God when we're not cultivating this thirst ourselves. Listen, what steals saltiness is corruption. What stops the light from shining is a light being hidden. And one of the saddest things, church, is for us to exist as an organization As an organization within our city, but to fail to be seen as a light within our city. So there's, there's a problem, but here's the thing, man, if I have this dream of, of the church living out what we've been created for, because what I know is there is great potential. What did, what did Jesus what did Jesus say? "Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father is in heaven. Who is in heaven? you see, there is potential. God gets the glory when the church lives out its purpose. How? Well, first, first of all, it's because the salt and light that sets us apart, and what sets us apart is that we belong to God. We live for a different kingdom. Can I tell you guys? This is where this is where it's t- it's time to to shift. And I have a I have a dream for the church not being so captivated by power that we miss out the power that's already been given us through the Holy Spirit. I have a dream of a church that instead of being captivated by being needed to be affirmed by needing to be an institution that is culturally acceptable says that we are for good and, and, and we are for your good, whether or not you get this or not. Listen, as a parent, there I have, I've never had my, my kids thank me for discipline. Now, are we called to discipline the world? No, that's, that's, that's God's job. But what we are called to be is to, to be light. And there are times that we don't always like what, to see what light reveals. But I think that, that, that if we understand that God gets the glory when we exist as salt and light, when we are our are, are salt that adds flavor, a salt that preserves a light that, that, that I mean, it's a city that's, that's set on a hill that, that cannot be hid. It's a, it's a place of refuge that, that our Father is glorified, and so I was thinking about this. In August 1st, it's gonna be 11 years that I came here to grace. Man, time flies and you're having fun, I guess, and like, like how, how many of you, just out of curiosity, how many of you in this this service, I know we got, we got four services, but how many of you in this service were attending grace in in 2011 let me see your hands okay we got we got we've got a few that were here most most of most of you weren't here so most of you did not have to endure what they endured when i first came here in grace like i'm going to tell you right now whoo, lord have mercy lord have mercy but I, uh, for those of you that don't know my story i i never intended to be a pastor i was Nobody was more surprised at this calling than I was. I had zero desire. In fact, I had every desire to not be a pastor. And actually after my first three weeks of being a pastor, I was pretty sure I'd miss God's calling. I'm like terrible. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm doing. But we've we've seen we've seen God move. Man, I I look I look around and I see a lot of lives that have been transformed just by the church being the church, not the pastor being the pastor, just by the church being the church. I just, it's the coolest thing. God just gave me a front row seat to see Him move. I couldn't imagine that we'd see what we've seen. Like somebody, somebody asked me. Uh, this is a few weeks ago. They said, "Could you ever imagine?" the The size that the grace would grow to i 'm like, no, I literally thought we were going to close up. I thought I was going to kill the church i literally that's what I was praying like Lord, please would you help us out that that's what I thought the first little bit, but we've seen God more because it 's not about me it's it's just it's been about him what, what i've seen man i've i've seen so many here you're, you're here even across the years god has God has sent you here god has God has called you, and maybe you you moved here uh, from somewhere else by the way i I'm not. I like. I wasn't raised in Idaho, right? So I've, I've been here. Like I've been here. Oh, let's see how long I've been here. 18 years. I've been here 18 years. Actually, you know, I was 18 years last last week. And um, I think I'm, I've been here long enough to be called an Idahoan. I literally. I think I'm an Idahoan now. But but here's the deal. I've. And so so like if if you if you've moved here from somewhere else. I'm not saying stay out. We got too many people. I'm like, hey, bring it on, man. I I got here. You got here. We're all here. Like even the even the native Idahoans, you came from somewhere. Like you're you came from somewhere. But here's the thing, what well, man? I've just seen God do some some incredible things. But again, I've I've been thinking, what what does God want to do? And just like Lori and I sat down and we looked at the last 23 years and said. What's the, what are the next 23 years going to look like if, if Jesus tarries and our health stays good? What's, what could that look like? Can we, we did a little realignment? Church, I think it's, I think it's time for us to do a little realignment. I think it's time for us to come back. It's, it's, it's time for us to keep praying. It's time for us to get in the game. So if you're new to if you're new, newer to grace first of all I'm, I'm glad you're here but um, this church has never been about a person Church has never been about ministry or or about a style. Um, Going back all the time to where Lowell Foster sitting over here, he founded this church in 1976. Church is, it was, it was set out to be a lighthouse. Guys, I think that's what we're still in, intended to be. And so if, if you're new, whatever this looks like, I don't think this is a time for the church to become irrelevant. I don't think this is a time for a church to begin to blend in. I think it's time for us to stand for truth. And when I say stand for truth, I'm not saying it's time for us to be obnoxious. I'm not saying that at all. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a time for us to be who we're created to be. I had the opportunity years ago, I was, I was a valet at a hotel, and I got to park cars, and a guy came in one, one night, he had a brand new Porsche Boxster. Now, here's the thing. Like, I've never owned a Porsche Boxster. If you have, I hope you tell me the same thing this guy told me. Because he came in and he threw me the keys. He's like, hey, he said, you ever driven a car like this before? I'm like, no. He said, why don't you take on the interstate and see what it has? He said, this is a great car. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And so... I got in the car and um, I took off. When I say took off, <laughs> I figure, when am I going to have this opportunity again? And so I got, I got on the and looking back, like first of all, he was stupid and I was stupid, right? And we're Like both of us are equally that dumb here. And thank God nothing dumb, ha- I mean nothing bad happened. But I got on I seventy one and I opened the car up. And what I found about a little Porsche Boxster is that I don't think it's intended to drive slow. <laughs> At least I will tell you, I didn't have nearly as much fun driving it slow as I did opening that bad boy up and letting it go. When the car when the car responded, I mean literally, I think I think in three years, I think I I, I got some uh, I got some noise. Listen, what it was a beautiful thing when the car was driven as it was advertised to be driven. It was fun. I enjoyed it, and we did come back in one piece. Using that analogy, I think the church is only effective. When the church is living out the purpose for which it was intended. I, I know that some of you are here because you like our kids programming. And I, I do too. I love what they're doing back in Grace Kids. Some of you love the, the music and that's, that's why you like coming here. Some of you poor souls might even like the teaching or, or may, maybe it's you like the greeters, you have friends here, all of that. And can I tell you, all of those are very good things because we are, we are a family, we are a community. But church, we haven't been called to merely meet on Sunday mornings. I don't ever wanna de-emphasize what takes place on Sundays, but I do wanna decentralize what takes place on Sunday mornings. We have been called to be salt and light. And so while I celebrate what took place on Friday, what I know, church, is that the story isn't over. There are going to be more prayers need to be prayed. There are more souls need to be touched. In fact, my prayer is that if grace would happen to ever close the stores, that it would immediately be noticed. We've been called to be a church, not just in our city that has an address in our city. We've been called to be a church for our city. That's why I'm excited about our grace center that's coming up. That's why I'm excited about what we're, we're looking at of, of man, what, what does it look like to, ad, to advocate for, for people? What's it look like, man, like for instance, we, we, can, say, we can say it's awesome that, that, uh, that uh, Rover's Waves overturned. Well, I can do it with the kids. We need to advocate to have these adoption uh, rules that is keeping people from adopting. We, we got to figure out how to do some things. Church, we have an opportunity to be salt and light, but do this, do this. Motivated by the transformation that we receive, the Holy Spirit has transformed us, but he hasn't called us to only have a personal relationship with Christ. He's called us as the church. You are the salt. You are the light. Let's go salt and light up the city to which we've been called. And so God, it's so interesting that you've you've led me this place. Uh had no intention of going here. God, I wish you'd let me know on Wednesday. But the reality is you laid this on on my heart. And God, I, I know that there are times I probably say what I shouldn't say and maybe don't say everything that I, I, I you'd have me to say, but God, I'm praying that even in the words that I've shared today, it be something that wakes us up to the fact that we're not just called to be spectators in a service. You've called us to be participators in your incredible gospel plan of, of, of being salt and light. So God, may Grace Bible Church and, and man, man, the the other churches that we love and work with here in the valley, may we be salt and light. God, I believe you've called us with a purpose for a purpose. God, and you're going to use us on purpose as we reach our city. And so God, for what you're going to do for the church, I thank you for this. And I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. All God's people said, guys, good to have you here today. Give somebody a high five on the way out. You're dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday.